This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Welcome to the Joyful Courage podcast and the Zero to Five mini summit with my friend, Julietta Skoog. Yay! (laughs) Julietta and I are both positive discipline trainers and parent coaches, and Julie is the co-founder of Sproutable, an online learning resource for parents with children ages zero to five. Julietta leads a powerful three-hour workshop in Seattle area for parenting in the early years, and I could think of no one better to be in conversation with for this mini-summit. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much, Casey. Thank you for having me. It's just, I so honor the work that you're doing. I so appreciate how you're able to get this important information to so many parents. So I'm thrilled to be part of it. Well, you are a friend of the show, so welcome back. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about the children that we love who are under the age of five. And this can be a super challenging time for parents. We have these babies and then they develop and they have personality and we find out just how little we understand about how to interact with what at times feels like a ticking time bomb. Yeah, it's intense. It's a really intense time. And what I, how I feel, how I felt as a parent and what I hear time and time again is it's the relentlessness of it. Like there's no break, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it is really nonstop and, um, and you're just getting hit constantly. You're just getting constantly bombarded. And so I think that's where the exhaustion comes in and that you feel like you don't have the space to respond. Um, and so we feel like we're in reaction mode and then that doesn't feel so great either. So yeah, it's a, it is a super tough, intense time. Yeah. And today we're going to start straight off by talking about development. I think that for people like you and I who come with an education background, even though I often laugh on the show about how that education background made me think that it would be so easy for me, but you know, there was there's something to be said for having some ideas and and some knowledge around development, but I think the vast majority of parents, you know, don't necessarily know those foundational pieces 
um, of development. So sometimes really typical behavior feels contrary or defiant because we simply don't realize that that's exactly how they're supposed to be acting. That's right. And I think, so what for me, the knowledge that I've had around development just as a school psychologist is it's empowered me so that I don't take Mm -hmm. it so personally. And it's sometimes as a parent, you feel really isolated and you think your kiddo is the only one who's acting so intensely. And so I think it does help as kind of quote unquote boring, you know, child development can be (laughs) as you dust off the one maybe class you had in um, college. I do think it really helps normalize and give you that range uh, of what's to be expected. So yeah, a great place to start off. Yeah. So what are some of the key perceptions or understandings that are being developed in those first five years? Take us through kind of a timeline of development, if you will. Sure. Well, um, you know, like, um, we can, the way that I like to present it to parents in my workshops and things. And just for me is to, is to use the Erickson model. So Mm -hmm. I'm throwing out a, a name, um, Eric Erickson here, but where we can really see, um, slice a little bit thinner, just those five years, because you and I know there's a huge difference between six months, 16 months, 26 months, all those. Right. Right. Um, so is it okay if I just kind of break down those, those, let's say three areas. Okay. So the first stage of development is that trust versus mistrust. And again, you know, we could talk about develop there's development really is five different categories. I mean, even more of course, but I I think of them as five different categories because that's how we, um, evaluate within the early, uh, school system. Mm -hmm. So you think about things like cognitive development. So just general intelligence, right? Pre, um, academic skills, getting ready for kindergarten. You think about, um, adaptive skills. So those are self-help skills, um, being able to function, um, independently Mm -hmm. at an appropriate age range. There's motor development. So fine and gross motor skills. We also put in sensory development within that occupational therapy, uh, physical therapy realm within motor. There's of course communication development. So both receptive and expressive language. And then there's the part where I think, you know, with the positive discipline lens and with the the parenting perspective is the social emotional development. So um, my hunch is that you want me to hone in on the social emotional development piece. Yes, please. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so, so within that umbrella is where we can look at these stages so the first stage that you look at is that very first year. And um, the way that Eric Erickson described it, who's a, um, you can have more resources, I'm sure that you'll have um, connected in terms of this, this social viewpoint of development, is that trust versus mistrust. And so as parents, we wanna be supporting their sense of trust so that at the end of that year, they feel like, okay, I can trust my caregiver, I can trust, the uh, the the world that I'm in, and mm-hmm. I'm ready to thrive versus just survive. Um, so within that first year, it's a couple of things, a couple of bullet points. I always like to to go back on. One is, and this is like so ironic and horrible, um, but th- it's about trusting yourself, mm-hmm. which is hard as a parent, right? right? Especially as a first time parent, like you are like, oh my, I mean, I remember that very first night bringing home my oldest and just being like, don't turn out the light. Right. Like, what do I do yeah. with this new baby? <laughs> so there is that part where, you know, that confidence in yourself, that trust in yourself as a parent is really 
key. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I think is so important and, and it weaves really nicely with that is that attunement piece. And so just allowing yourself to, to really just take the time to tune in, um, to their internal state. And even if you're not getting it right, just having that focused attention on what do they need right now? What, what are their cues? What are they trying to communicate that in of itself just builds that trust and attachment, um, and lets them know that you're listening. So, you know, that, that first year development wise, again, really is focused on that trust versus mm-hmm. mistrust. Mm-hmm. Does that help? With yeah. That first part? Well, and I really like what you said about attunement because Ariadne Brill has been on the podcast talking about raising attached babies. And that was something that she mentioned too, is even when we don't know what it is that will soothe our baby, even just the facial expression and the way that we keep at it until we figure it out sends a message of I've got you. Yes. And I love that podcast, by the way. That's one one. of my favorite episodes that you've done. And I think there's that piece that, you know, the message to young parents, young, you know, parents that have that, those newborns. And I'm, I'm ready to get into that next stage myself. So I'm, it's, it's really nice reminder for me too that you just got to try, you know, you just do the best that you can with the skills that you have. And, um, and we get lots of opportunities, hundreds a day, an hour to try because they are constantly needing us. And so there is that piece where you just, um, it doesn't mean you have to go to them and ever, you know, within within a minute, you know, within a minute and give them everything constantly. You just can't, um, but just that you're making that effort and that you're really learning that, that connection and that listening mm-hmm. piece. So I think that that's the first part for that first year. And then they kind of come alive, right? They start right. to talk, they start to walk right around one, one and a half. And by then, you know, you're, you're really heading into as a parent that, that deciphering between needs and wants. Right. So for our babies, that, that those first three months are considered that fourth trimester where you really are just recreating the womb for them, you know, and allowing them to kind of transition into. But once they're, once they're one, that one and a half, and they're expressing themselves and motoring around and exploring, um, then you're shifting gears. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. 
Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. So that next stage of development is really, this is what I think is just so hilarious because parents will often say, oh, but I have a really strong-willed child, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And I always say, well, I hope so because I'd be worried if you did it. Right. They all should be strong-willed. In fact, like that next stage of development is all about will. Right. It's about having like a really strong willpower and Erickson describes it as this autonomy versus doubt and shame. And so for us, we want to build autonomy. Right. Um, and so at this stage now, as they're just starting to motor around and, um, they haven't quite hit that toddler stage yet, let them have that willpower, right? Like that's good. That's not a challenge. You're like, yay, I'm checking the box. Right. Um, and so this is the stage that you really have this balance between protecting them, but also creating environments that give them that ability to explore. So this is a big, um, Jane Nelson always says, who wrote all the positive discipline books, and he talks so often yeah, um, just about her specifically in quotes and things. And she um, always says, you know, that the five things to remember for kiddos under three is distraction, redirection, supervision, supervision, supervision. Right. <laughs> Which is like so hard too, right? When they're so fast or when you've got multiples that are so little. Um, Right. Or even just coming out of the intensity of baby land. And then you, I think Mm -hmm. we get this misconception like, oh, they're bigger now. And and I can just run over here and do something really quick. And and I don't need to be quite such a hoverer. But in reality, and then we get upset when they've climbed the bookcase Exactly. So that is exactly the balance that I'm talking about. So you want to create this autonomy, right? Right. Where they can kind of go out, explore and gives you a little bit of time too, but you've got to create without putting, you know, padding your entire house and cotton balls, (laughs) um, creating little spaces that are safe for you, safe for them, but that are really rich for the exploration. So that's where also you start to develop this mutual respect for each other, right? In in relationship and you're starting to build a relationship. What's okay for me? What's okay for you? Mm -hmm. So, um, so this stage, especially I think just honoring, nope, you're not the only one with a willful child, you know? Mm -hmm. And the other piece I think around autonomy is, 
the control, you know, autonomy is having control. Right. So the more that we, you know, for these littles, they're living in our land in which they are controlled constantly. Right. They don't have a lot of room for control. So that's why they're seeking it out in so many ways. And they're starting to get louder and bigger and more defiant. And I want to do it myself kind of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just understanding that's totally how they're wired and, um, it's not you or it's not them in a, in a, um, negative way, you know, like this is a good, they're really, they're flexing that muscle right now. Right. Um, and what I hear you say is, you know, so within that creating an environment for them to explore physically, also I'm hearing, well, you haven't said it, but I know that it's in there is creating an environment where they're getting to make a lot of choices, where they're getting to feel that sense of influence over their life, over their day. Yes. Right? And here's where um, I love your latest podcast that you did with Marceline, because with the research we know too, you know, when you, when you say, if you do this, you get this, mm-hmm. right? Okay. If you do this, I'll give you your cookie. Or if you do this, you'll get, um, that takes away autonomy, right? That takes away control. That takes away choice from them. Suddenly it's all parent driven. So right. that's, you know, all those little, all those little times that you can give that limited choice um, gives, gives control. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, creating those little, those little moments, but again, within the safe structure and not, um, you know, and making them choices that are, that are amenable to both you and, and your kiddo. Right. So, like saying if you put, you can put your shoes on and we can go to the park or we don't have to go to the park. Is it a limited choice? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Everyone, that's not a limited right, choice. <laughs> right. Seeing, you know, your sneakers or your rain boots, right. that is a limited right, choice, right. you know? So for sure. And, and not, you know, not saying just like choose your shoes. I mean, we, you and I live in Seattle. I'm like, if my kiddo picks out her sandals one more time in the middle of January, like, no, that's not one of the choices, yeah. you know? Um, the other piece that I think is really important starting right now is the training, taking time for training and tons of just the nonverbal showing because we, we, um, we still, we're still in such a verbal land as parents and it is so powerful developmentally for our kiddos at this age and in this stage to show non-verbally. So the more that we can get down to their level, that we can get to eye contact and that we can physically show things, um, when possible is super helpful. So tell me more, like what would be an example of that? So for example, instead of saying, don't climb off the, off the, on the bookcase, right? Right. Then literally walking over, getting their, taking their hands, getting down to their level and showing them like the, like really like, like with limited words, like saying, Oh, like here's the, you know, here's the book. Like, Oh, that's not safe. This isn't safe. And then taking their hand and walking them over to where they can do a little bit of climbing okay. where they can play. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And then, and same like with a pet, with a pet or with a, you know, if they're being, if the hitting or the throwing, you know, really getting over, taking the things out of their hands gently Mm -hmm. and showing them where they do belong. Mm -hmm. Um, showing them the gentle touch, showing them the gentle hug, showing them the stroke on the face. And just like you mentioned with the babies, the building of trust happens over and over and over and over and over. So is this showing them physically 
right? Redirecting physically, we do it over and over and over and over and over. Absolutely. Yes. And that, again, falls into the relentless camp, right? right? Because (laughs) it feels like, but I've done it, but I've done it a million times. Right. Yep. And guess what? You're going to do it a million more. Yeah. I mean, I can't even, my five-year-old, I'm still, we've been washing, we've been practicing washing hands since what? She was one. And I literally just went through like another training of how we save water and how we (laughs) put soap on our hand. I mean, it just takes, it just, yeah, it takes a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. We're all still practicing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then it leads us into the next juicy stage two. Um, and again, this, this overlaps a little bit with the twos, but heads into those, that toddler early preschool and that stage of development, um, Erickson referred to as initiative versus guilt. Mm -hmm. So how do we build this initiative? No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. this competence and capability. And this is literally the stage in quotes that you say, they say, I can do it. Right. right? And we, we hear our kids say me do it. I can't. Or, and so, yes, they're wired that way. So foster that you want to foster it, right? You want to encourage that competence and capability. And this is where I love just seeing, um, I love seeing the capability in kids. Like, just they're all, it's almost like a party trick, right? right. When you're like, "What? Your three-year-old can do that?" Like, <laughs> yeah, they can. Many of them, most of them can. So this is the great time to just let them have it, let them practice. And I, I always say this is where it overlaps with those adaptive skills that I referred mm-hmm. to. Um, so things like toileting, dressing, feeding, chores. Um, safety stuff, you know, really letting them, I say, you know, by two, they should be exposed to all of that and, um, introduced to it all. And by three, really practicing and by four independent, you know, let them 
So this is also where a they're getting the you're taking the time for training. Right. You're pra- you're giving them tons of time to practice. They love to play. Let's pretend developmentally at this age. So tons of let's pretend and role play, and um, you know this this age too. I love to say show me. Mm-hmm. Show me what you know. Show me how you brush your. Show me how you get your pants on. Show me how you um, brush your hair. You know, just show me. They want to. They want to show you everything. Right. 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 So um, yeah. So just just letting them be exposed to trying the different things, creating an environment where they can try. So where are their plastic bowls? Where are their cups? Where right. are their clothes? Can they open the drawer by themselves? Can they? access a little broom so they can clean up their messes, you know, are there for cleanup? I mean, do they have access to the bins and things where everything goes and does it make sense organize, you know, organization wise? Right. I remember putting pictures on drawers for my kids so they knew what went where when it was time to put things away. Which yes. we did together, right? We did together. Yes. But once in a while, mm-hmm. it was like, you can do it yourself. And then they wouldn't. And then I'd be mm-hmm. annoyed. And then I'd remember, like, oh, right. You're little. Right. And the- yes. I mean, all, any of those visual support, songs, kids love songs and games at this, you know, all of that is going to help reinforce these skills. So adding that lightness um, and a little bit of fun, you know, I yeah. mean, I think it's funny. Do you remember that scene in Say Anything? Do you know that movie with John Cusack? Yes. And, it's been a while. And his, and his sister, Joan Cusack, is in it too. And she's the mom and he's the uncle. And she's like, why can't, why do you have to be the fun uncle all the time? Why can't you just, you know, be the uncle? Like, I need you to help me. And he says to her, remember when you used to be fun? Like, we used to be fun, you know? And she's like, I did. I did used to be fun. You know, I think that's in us. Right. And suddenly we become parents and, like, we lose that, you know? Well, so, we feel like it's like oh. the stakes are so high, so we better be super firm to make sure yeah. they understand, you know? And- right, right. And I think, you know, that is really the, the loveliness for me of Positive Discipline is that we can have that firmness and we can have that connection. And the way to connect kids is to connect them with fun and lightness and games and humor and getting into their world. You know, I mean, it really is about getting into the world. So, um, I think the other just overarching piece that I would say in terms of development for kids that is helpful for understanding is the, the why we need to be consistent, the why routines are important, um, for kids. And that piece is that, that reinforcement, it's not necessarily reinforcement, but it's that teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we are inconsistent, then it's just like that intermittent reinforcement, which is why Vegas is so powerful. It's like a slot machine constantly for them. Right. So, um, so I think that piece too, just understanding, oh, it's not just to be this rigid parent where I have to stick to my routine and always be consistent. Why can't I just let things go every once in a while, but truly, their brain rewires when we're inconsistent Uh, and then you got to start all over again. And that is exhausting. So like do yourself a favor and be consistent. It's for you. So you don't have to like start all over again, you know? Yes. Yes. And all you Um, free spirited parents out there, you can still be free spirited and have routines. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's right. (laughs) You can find spontaneity within the structure of routine. I promise you. Julieta, thank you so much for uh, coming on and sharing with me today. That is a lot to think about. I'm really excited for listeners. 
stay tuned because tomorrow Jules will be back on with me and we're going to discuss parenting the zero to five crowd challenges that you all brought up in the Joyful Courage community. We're going to talk about some of your requests. So join us again tomorrow. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.